0: verse seven through ten hallelujah. hallelujah thank you Lord Deuteronomy eight seven through ten you all have that yes, sir. all right let's read together ready read for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land of brooks of water of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Again, verse nine says, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. We're on part eight, I believe of this series, Lacking Nothing, Lacking Nothing. Let's pray and declare the Lord's blessing uh, over this and over ourselves as we receive from the word. Let's go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Did y'all enjoy Sunday's message? Come on, give God a hand for the message on Sunday. Y'all gonna keep working, right? Until it works out. Keep working until it works out. Praise God. Not, we're not going to quit. My soul has no pleasure in those who draw back. Amen. And so we're not of those who draw back to perdition. Amen. We press forward to the saving of the soul. Praise God. All right. So we're talking again about lacking nothing. Right? And we've made this statement now um, seven times. That there should be no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. That's right. That's right. How many of y'all agree with that finally? That agrees, Is that finally in your, in your spirit yet? Yes. Yes, sir. Has it made it past your head? Yes. Come on, y'all sound like you're fooling me. Has it made it past your head? Yes. Have you made lack an enemy yet? Yes. Lack must become an enemy to you. Lack is an enemy. Death is the lack of life. First Corinthians fifteen says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So there are all kind of enemies ahead of death. <laughs> Besides death, that's just the ultimate lack. You got to make lack, ladies and gentlemen, you don't hear me. You have to make lack an enemy. You can't treat lack like lack can stop by your house every once in a while, visit and see how you're doing. If lack comes to your door, you don't even open the door. You see an email from lack, you don't even open it. You delete the email from lack. You see a text from lack, you block it. Are y'all with me? Unsubscribe from lack's emails. You have to really look at lack like that. We've said it already, it bears repeating that if you tolerate lack in any area of your life, you'll experience lack in every area of your life. So you have to really begin to make lack an enemy, not something you can tolerate, not something you can accept. Not something you can have a little bit of this, you know, every once in a while, it's all right, this certain time of year, there's lack of, you know, every once in a while, there's lack of, no, you can't accept lack in any area at any time. Lack is my enemy. I hate lack. I hate it in me, and I hate it in anybody else. It's evil. That's right. Lack is evil. So uh, we can't accept lack, and we shouldn't have lack in any area of our lives whatsoever, right? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 through 10 has been our springboard verses uh, there. And uh, verse 7, God says, I'm bringing you into a good land, right? Everybody say good land. Good land. That tove, that pleasant, that beautiful, that better, that best, that rich, uh, uh, sweet land he's taking us into, right? Amen. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs. That flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, and pomegranates. That sounds like real, you know, good, good uh, eating right there. A land of olive oil and honey. And verse 9, here it is, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. Now, I told you when you see eat bread, it literally means provision. So you'll have provision without scarcity. Right, And I gave you that word provision from the Hebrew, uh, which means poverty, scarcity, or misery. So you'll have provision without any poverty, provision without any scarcity, provision without any any misery. That means you'll always have provision. Everybody say, "I'll I'll always have provision. So where God's taking you, where he's taking me, where he's taking the body of Christ, if we allow, if we'll go with him, is a place where we'll never, ever have scarcity, never, ever have poverty, never, ever have misery. It was never God's will for his people to experience poverty in any area of their lives. Um, thank you, Lord. Deuteronomy
1: 15.
0: Deuteronomy 15. Verse 7, he said, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren. (laughs) If. (laughs) So in other words, he expects the poor to be the minority. Where I'm taking you, if there's a poor man, we know something's wrong. That's supposed to be the minority, and yet in the body of Christ... Come on now. In the body of Christ, poverty is the majority. And it's been accepted and appreciated. Celebrated. It's a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I don't want no peanut butter and jelly. I just want my soul to be saved. Y'all ever heard these songs? <laughs> Rather than have Jesus than silver and gold. Yeah, they got modern with it. As if you had to choose. And so because they, people have thought we had to choose, they chose poverty and made poverty even some badge of honor. I can serve God. I'm still praising in my poverty. And yet God said, if there be a poor man among you, it's unexpected. Another place he says to them, there should be no poor among you. Glory to God. So we're going to eat bread or have provision without poverty, scarcity, or misery. Amen. All right, so we got that down. Say, yes. so, so in my life, I have no more poverty, I have no more scarcity, I have no more misery. That's where, that's where, uh, I am. Amen. Right? Yes, I'm talking about everybody. I, if you, I'm going to say it by faith, that's where I am. Yes, that's, where I am. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. Glory to God. We were, my wife and I were declaring we were rich long before we had any money. Got it? So you have, you can't, you can't speak where you are. You got to speak where God said he's taking you. So I don't care where you are. I don't I don't care if, if you have negative uh, $3 in your account. <laughs> you don't, don't say that. Don't believe that report. Believe this other report over here that God's taking you somewhere. You're gonna be gonna be rich. You got it? All right, this is important, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, God, we said this, he's opposed to lack. God is opposed to lack. Everybody say he's opposed to lack. All right? Did you hear what I said? He he's, I know I said that kind of slurry in my speech. He's up opposed, not he's supposed. He's opposed. He's opposed. I didn't say he's supposed to lack. I said he's opposed. So you should be opposed. You got to see up uh, uh, lack as an opposition, as an enemy. I'm opposed to lack. <laughs> Glory to God. I I, I like abundance. I don't like there being a shortage of anything. I, I like, I'm, the, I'm the guy in the house who makes sure that every bathroom has at least three extra rows of, 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 of bathroom tissue in it. In, uh, that, I'm not talking too low for y'all, am I? I, I, I like to make sure every bathroom has, three, I, I personally go around myself make sure every, every bathroom has the one roll on the, on the spindle and three extra rolls right there. We need abundance. Every area, you hear what I'm saying? Just, I'm opposed to lack. You don't want to lack in that area of your life right there. You don't ever, ever want to run short in that area, do you? All right, y'all smiling now. All right. You don't ever want to run short in that area. Okay. Keep it coming, Lord. Keep it coming. <laughs> okay, so God, he's opposed to it. So you and I are should be opposed to it. I am opposed to that. Say it. I am opposed to that. Okay. I'm opposed to it. So I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm, I'm not agreeable with lack. No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now, so we, we were talking last week about plenty yes. and how God wants us to have and enjoy plenty. Now, remember, we were in John 2 last week. I'm not going to go there, but John 2, the story of Jesus being at the uh, wedding yes. feast in Cana of Galilee, yes, what, what we know as his first recorded miracle, right? Yes. right. Y'all remember that? Yes. And so in that miracle there, uh, he went to his wedding feast. It was a, it was a party, yes. right? And nobody got healed, at least we know of. Nobody got delivered from, you know, demons as far as we know of. Nobody got saved that we know of. It was just a party. And Jesus was there, and they had run out of wine. Wine, it didn't say they ran out of water, which is a necessity. They ran out of wine, which is an extravagance. And his mother said, hey, Jesus, they're out of wine. And he said, what you want me to do about it? Then he said, oh, sorry, Mom. Um, My hour has not come. Right? You fix this, straighten this up. So... So Miles not come, not yet come. She said, Whatever he says unto you, do it. John 2, verse 5. Verse 6, he says, Go get these water pots filled with water. Fill those with water. They filled them with the water. He said, Now draw some out now. And they took it to the to the governor of the feast. And the Bible says the governor drew it out. Uh, he, he drank some of it and said, Hey, what's up with this? Normally you put the best wine out first when everybody's gotten enough to drink. Then you put the, the worst stuff out. He said, But you saved the best for last. Y'all know the story now. Now wine was. Purely an extravagance Wine was purely a luxury It was not a need And Jesus Christ's first recorded miracle Was to demonstrate God's desire To go beyond needs To satisfy you with luxury and extravagance It's the first recorded miracle You know I've heard my spiritual dad teach That his first miracle really was to live a sinless life But you know we don't read that But we know he did But the first act we see is this turning this water into wine, turning something normal into something extravagant, going from ordinary to extraordinary. That's the first miracle you did in your life. Right? When you got saved, you went from ordinary to extraordinary. You went from common to uncommon, right? Now we read John five nineteen. Put it on the screen for everybody, please. John five nineteen, and I wanted you to see this here. Jesus answered and said to them, "Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing, or the Son rather can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do." For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So he's saying everything he did, he did it as the Father did it. He's doing what he sees the Father do. So he's the express image of the, image of the Father. So he is demonstrating to us the character and nature and the will of God. Did you catch that? You catch that through there about the will of God? So, it was God's will for them to have that extravagance. Oh, Jesus wouldn't have done it. I'm talking about, I don't want you all to be part of the broke church. The poverty church where lack is celebrated and wealth is shunned. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, he does it in like manner, all right? Now, so his first miracle is a miracle that supplied someone's lack of extravagance. It's that's, that's really important for you, to, for you to see this here, that he, this wasn't supplying a need. In other words, he comes right out of the gate Supplying extravagance. Man, this is so big. First and foremost. Okay? All right, now, so you know the ministry he goes through, and he's in ministry three and a half years, right? In between that, that time, he goes to the cross, and he dies on the cross for our sins, dies on the cross for our, right, for our give us righteousness, dies on the cross for our healing, dies on the cross for, our, for the blessing, dies on the cross for our wealth. Right? Right. For our wealth. For our wealth. wealth. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Y'all know that one? You gotta nail that one. Y'all memorize that. Memorize it. Get it in your head and then get it in your heart. And then, uh, how you do that? You start confessing it. Dad was preaching last night. The word is now you in your mouth and in your heart. So you got to get in your mouth, out of your mouth, sort of get into your heart. Because it, it, it won't produce in your head. It'll produce in your heart. Got it? Okay. So, three and a half years. So he finishes his ministry, goes to the cross, goes down, spends uh, three nights in, in hell. Whips the devil on his own turf, yes. right? Yes. And then he gets him on the third day morning, as we like to say, with all power in his hand, right? He spends the next 40 days or so showing himself to everybody, 500 people at one time, to the disciples, to Mary, to Martha, uh, uh, Mary Magdalene, rather, to the other Mary. He shows himself to various people, Right? Now, he started his ministry off by a miracle of uh, supply of extravagance. Yes. So it's worth to look at the bookends, how he started and how he finished. Because if I can look at how he started and how he finished, I get a real good picture of how he operates. So we were, in, we're in John 2 as to how he starts. Let's go to John 21 to see how he finishes. Oh, boy. John 21. How he finishes this thing off. Oh, glory to God. John 21, verse 1. Are you there? Yes, sir. Everybody alive? Yes. Some of y'all look like zombies in here tonight. John 21, verse 1. Out of these things, you got to ask them are they alive? Not are they listening. Are you alive? They ain't moved yet. I'm to get somebody to shake them, i to see if they're breathing. I mean, I'm already preaching good. After these things, now this is, watch this, watch this, watch this. Put your eyes on this. After these things, Jesus showed himself. I I want, I want you to catch that. He's showing himself again. Y'all, y'all, I know you, you theological deep Christians with all your Bible college and Bible knowledge going to tell me, oh, that just means he showed up again. I don't care what, what it, how you take it. I'm giving you revelation. It says he showed himself again, which means he had showed himself before. He had revealed himself before. So here it says in John 21, the final chapter here, uh-huh. glory to God, that he showed himself again to the disciples. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. I appreciate all your little Bible knowledge. I'm just just just, just flow with me. He showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Some of y'all catch it already. He reveals himself again, and this is how he revealed himself. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you what I'm all about. I'm going to show you why I came. I'm going to show you what I'm here for. I'm going to show you what I died for. I'm going to show you what I rose again for. I'm going to reveal myself to you. Give me, give me this in the same verse, please, amplify real quick. We're going to come back to the new King James. I want you to see this. Let's amp it up for a second. Watch this. John 21, verse 1, amplified. After this, Jesus let himself be seen. This isn't just him showing up. This is him showing. He let himself be seen and revealed himself again. Revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias and he did it. He did what? Let himself be seen. He revealed himself in this way. So the story we're about to read Is how he revealed himself. In other words, here's what I want you to see about me, guys. Here's what I want you to know about me, body of Christ. And if this is what you're going to see about me, John 5, 19, this is what you're going to know and see about the Father. Got it? All right, now. Go back to New King James Version.
1: Woo-hoo!
0: All right. So we know he's talking about letting himself be seen. Come on, sir. You know how when, you, when you're dating somebody? Remember when you date somebody and you, you got to, they have an idea of you, but they don't know you unless you reveal yourself, unless you let yourself be seen. They, you might have a reputation, but they find out your real character when you let yourself, oh man, when you let yourself be seen, you let yourself be revealed the, when the real you comes out. So it's telling us he's letting himself be seen. He's revealing his, his, his nature. He's revealing his character. He's revealing his, his uh, mission, his assignment, his purpose. I'm going to let you for one last time, guys. See what I'm all about. I'm about to leave here, but I'll make sure before I leave here, you know what I'm all about. What I've been trying to show you for three and a half years. From the first miracle. Go back, go back, to, go back to John 2. Now, don't lose John 21. Go back to John 2. And uh, now, what happened in John 2? He turned water into wine. That was a miracle of provision, a miracle of of extravagance, right? It's supplying a need over, not a need, over and above a need. Now watch, give me verse um, verse 11, John 2, verse 11. Can y'all read? John 2, verse 11. This beginning of signs. Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifest His glory. Give me amplified just for, for fun. Give me amplified for fun. So this He did. This the first of His signs, miracles, wonder works. Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee and manifested His glory by it. He displayed. His greatness and his power openly. And his disciples said, Well, I believe that. No, 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 wait a minute. It says his disciples. That means they were already following him. They were already with him. I mean, that's the only way that they got into the wedding because they were his disciples. Jesus wasn't going to go nowhere without his posse. They're already following him, but the Bible said he had to do something to reveal himself to them. That means you can be following somebody and don't know him. You can be dating somebody and don't know them. Until they reveal themselves to you. And you, you know, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta hope that they reveal themselves to you real quick. <laughs> so you don't waste none of your time. So so you hope for them to, you hope to get an early revelation so you can decide if you want to stick with this or not. So Jesus chooses the first miracle to reveal to his disciples who he is so they can choose do they want to follow him or not. He didn't heal nobody. He ain't cast out one devil. He didn't raise any dead people. He's got 12 guys who for the most part are businessmen. Oh, come on now. Tax collectors. Men who know something about money. So he said, let me show y'all boys something. So he reveals himself. Got it? Yes, sir. First miracle. So go back to John 21. So, John 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again. (laughs) He showed himself just like he did in John 2. And notice again, it says, and in this way, he showed himself. So we're about to read the way he showed himself. And this is the same way he's trying to show himself to the body of Christ. The body of Christ knows he's a savior. The body of Christ knows he died, didn't he die? The body of Christ knows he's a risen Savior. The body of Christ knows he's a soon-coming king. But what the body of Christ has failed to discover is his real greatness and character and nature. Watch this. All right, y'all there? Verse 2. Simon Peter called, uh, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Now, if you read that, you study it out, and he literally means, I'm leaving the ministry, I'm going back to fishing. He quit. Going back to business. They said to him, well, you know what? We're going with you, too. We're going back fishing, too. All right? Didn't min- mention Matthew. Matthew's a t- tax collector. He's going to go back to collecting taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Verse uh, 3, again, says, we're going with you. They, then they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Now watch this. Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. That's very important. They did not know it was Jesus. Remember verse 1, it says he's going to show himself again, and this is how he's going to show himself. So it wasn't just he physically appeared because he appeared and they didn't know it was him. Well, you're saying, well, it was too far away. No, you keep reading the story. We'll show you here. They were just a little ways off. So close, Peter got off the boat and swam. In other words, they they were close enough. They could see who this was. But it says they did not know it was. Y'all got to catch this now. Don't, Don't be deeper religious on me. They did not know who it was. He has to reveal something. <laughs> People write in the presence of Jesus every Sunday. And yet don't know that it's him. They'll pick on you for your abundance. Verse five. Verse five. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? Or do you have any provision? They answer him what? No. No. All right? Now watch verse 6. I want you to see what happens when you're desperate. Because verse 6 says, and he said to them, remember, they don't know it's Jesus. So they're not following the voice of Jesus. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? They don't know it's Jesus. So when they when he says, okay, cast on the right side of the boat and you'll find some and they cast, they're not doing it because it's Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus. They're so desperate, they've been fishing all night. They'll take anything. I don't know, he may see something. I don't know if from the shore. He might he might be able to see something we don't see. We've been fishing. These are fishermen, been fishing all night. And this guy over there on the shore telling us, go catch it on, on the right side of the boat. Well, let's, hey, heck, let's try it. Sure, we tried all night, and nothing been working. Let's just try what this man said. And remember, the key is, from verse 5, they do not know it's Jesus. And he said to them, verse 6, cast a net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. Some some is italicized, so it just means you will find. You'll find what you're looking for. Now watch this. So they cast, and now. Remember in John 2, draw some out now. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. This is abundance. I'm going to show you that in a minute. There was so, they hadn't lacked. There was nothing. You know, there are levels of lack. You understand, there are levels of lack. Everybody not on the same level of lack. But when you have nothing, nothing is nothing. Nothing is an equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever been fishing, and, and you out there on, on the dock, and I always say, this is all, always make me mad. You fishing, you got your little bucket there, and you fishing, and people come by, hey, you got anything? <laughs> that always happens, doesn't it? Hey, you got something in that bucket? <laughs> you got, nope, nothing yet. Shut up. No somewhere. Hey, they biting? Yeah, they biting. Just ain't caught nothing. I got... Yeah, they biting. We're talking, talking about the mosquitoes. They, they biting plenty. <laughs> you know, if you got one or two, you're like, hey, I'm doing all right. But when you got nothing, nobody likes that they have Nothing. And these guys had to admit, we have nothing. But now, Jesus, by a divine directive, they don't know is that. But he gives an order, cast on the right side of the boat. And this time now, they uh, were not able to draw it in, into the boat. They couldn't pull it up because of the multitude of fish. So they go from nothing to multitude. Now watch this. Verse verse 4, they didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 5, they heard his voice and still didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 6, they heard a statement and still didn't know it was Jesus. But verse 7, when the results came in... Somebody said, wait, 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 wait. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, now this is John, who's writing the book, talking about himself in the third person. He said, this the one Jesus loved. <laughs> That's how you do. When you write in a book, you can write it how you want to write it. But it was true, Jesus did love him very much. The disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. The voice didn't give it away. The form on the boat, on the shore, didn't give it away. What gave it away? Come on, what? That abundance! That abundance was a telltale sign of who this is. That's what he, this is showtime. This is Jesus Christ. Remember what we read in John 21, verse 1. He showed himself. He showed himself to the disciples. And in this way, he showed himself. He's revealing at the close, just like he did at the beginning, who he is, what his nature is, what his character is, what the will of the Father is. It says here they, that this Peter, now when Peter, Simon Peter rather heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it. This is what they did, you know, out there fishing all night. And plunge into the sea, but the other disciples came in the little boat. For here it is. Watch this. What does it say? What does it say? What does it say? Huh? Read it. Read again. So how they didn't know that was Jesus? Remember now he has new resurrection form. But even in his new resurrection form, they recognize them results, them that abundance. They were not far from land. But about two hundred cubits. Dragging the net. Now they went from nothing to dragging a net. Are y'all ready for that? Anybody ready to be dragging your nets? Anybody ready to go from a cane pole and a bucket to dragging your nets to where you can't even hold it all in? This is how Jesus chose. This is how he chose to reveal himself. Now, now wait. Well, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Glory to God. As soon as they had come to land, verse 9 they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Alright. Alright now. They out there trying to catch fish all night. Have caught nothing. Get to the shore. He ain't been out there on the water at all. He he, Jesus probably came to the shore and said, fish in the name of me. I command you in my name. Come. Now I want you to see something here. It said so They saw a fire of coals there And fish laid on it And bread So he's already cooking What they looking for While they looking he cooking Tell your neighbor while you looking Jesus is cooking Are you searching, hunting, trying to find, trying to make it, trying to make it happen? He already has something prepared for you. All right, now that's exciting, but I want you you to see something the Holy Ghost just, just, just... Now, he's got the fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Now, Jesus remember now extravagance thank you Holy Ghost John chapter 2 extravagance John 20, 21 is extravagance because he could have when he saw them said hey do y'all have any, any meat any provision and they said no he could have said well, just bring it in boys bring it in boys I already got fish and bread here y'all missed that y'all missed it he could have just said, just bring it in, you worked all night, don't, just don't worry about that, I already have fish and loaves here. I, I, I'll meet your need. Pack it up guys, put, put your net up. Don't worry, don't worry about it. I will supply all your needs. He could have said that. Yeah. And they would have been happy. Fished all night, caught nothing. They would have been happy to come in there and get some hot fish and some hot bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> Pastor Rob, am I right about it? Anything, you done, done something all night, man. You happy, just whoo. Yeah. Babe, I'm coming home, just some? Give me a sandwich or something. <laughs> Give me one of them Wah Wah sandwiches. To eat, which, or I just need something. And he could have just done that. But remember, he's, he's verse one, revealing himself. I'm much more than a need meter. I'm not a need meter. I'm a God of extravagance. I'm a God of abundance. I'm a God of more than enough. I'm a God of too much. And the disciples, whoo, they would have been satisfied. Just like most of the body of Christ is satisfied with us fish and a little bread needs being met. Jesus said, I'm not going out like that. Y'all didn't catch that. He said, I ain't going out like that. I didn't come here like that. I ain't going out like that. I came showing you who I am. I came showing you what I'm about. And I'm going to leave here showing you who I am. And I'm going to leave here showing you what I'm about. Somebody shout, abundance! abundance. Shout, too much. Too, much. too much! Are you seeing this here tonight? Yeah. He is way past your bread and butter. I mean, I mean, I mean, the bread and the loaves would have been for them just miracle provision. Wow. That would have been good. Wow, that's wonderful. Look at, look at that. Look at Jesus. They, he, they got on the shore and said, wow, Jesus, how would you even catch that? Oh, I remember back in John 4, Jesus, you said, I have meat that you know not of. Maybe that's what you meant when you said, I have meat that you know not of. Watch, watch what he says. Watch, watch what he says. Now he already has, he, already, he, <laughs> he already has fish and bread. But watch what he says to them in verse ten. Bring some of the fish which you just caught. Now you, you know, you know he's pumping them up. Bring some of that fish y'all just caught. You know you know he ribbing them, right? You know he got a great sense of humor. Making them feel good. Bring some of that fish y'all just caught. My dad caught nothing all night long. It wasn't until he gave a word. It wasn't until grace came upon them to do what they couldn't do on their own. That now they have something to bring. So bring bring all the fish you just you just caught. Some of it? Oh okay, so tithe now. we gonna bring your tithe, we're gonna eat of that tithe.
1: <laughs>
0: Woohoo! Now, how much fish they have? It's too much, right? Simon Peter went up, verse 11, and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. I mean, they counting this. This is remember in in in, in Luke 5, they caught so many fish, the nets were breaking, two boats. You never got to count on that. The Bible called in, in, in Luke, Luke 5, called it a large number of fish. Here is the number of large fish. 153 is the, is the number in the Bible of abundance. <laughs> Glory to God is it's 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 a very odd number 153 uh if you take 1 plus 2 now 17 is a biblical number of victory right seven. if you take 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 it equals 153 it's is it's the only number one of the only numbers you can find like that. It's divisible by seventeen. It's divisible. 153 is divisible by seventeen. Seventeen times nine. It's 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 an it's a very odd number. A very peculiar number that the Holy Ghost saw fit for us to see. Nine is the number of new birthing. Yes, Seventeen is the number of victory. So he's birthing them into a victory, into a place. He could have just let them have the fish and bread he already had. But they're, they're, they're stepping over into something. They say, whoa. Because here's the, here's the thing about this one. This one, the Bible says, the net did not break. In in Luke 5, when they caught all the fish, the net broke, so we don't know how many it was. They were just surprised at the miracle catch. They are like, oh my God, we don't know if they brought any on the shore at all. We assume they did, but the net broke, so we don't know how many they brought in deep. But this 153, they brought every one of them into the boat. Oh, there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. <laughs> Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing, remember verse five, verse four rather, they didn't know. Now, you see that miracle? Oh, we know who this is. This is Jesus. Verse 13, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Praise the Lord. Y'all understand this here? Ooh, I didn't mean to spend that much time on that, on that section there, but... The, I just want you to see how he opened the ministry, extravagance, and how he closed it with extravagance. Not need. Not need.
1: Come
0: on. He chuckled at it. He chuckled at it. He laughed at need. Psalm 65 verse 11 says that his paths drip with abundance. Can I keep going? All right. we, We got a few more minutes here. Financial abundance is always God's will for your life. Financial abundance is always God's will for my life. I don't ever have to question that. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says this, and God is able to make all grace abound toward me so that I always have all sufficiency in all things and I may have an abundance for every good work. That just made it personal. That's all I did, made it personal. Glory to God. It's one of the scriptures I have on our on our, our three-phase three debt-free living and abundance, the gospel plan. there. It's that verse right there. He makes all grace abound toward us so that we always have all sufficiency in all things and we abound to every good word. Everybody say abundance. abundance. Jeremiah 31 verse 14. I will satiate the soul of the priests with what? Abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. So this is the Lord talking. Y'all didn't say anything. So the Lord means for the priests and the preachers to have abundance. So I don't care what your cousin them say. And the people. In fact, if you get preachers that don't live in abundance, it's hard to find the people that live in abundance. If you don't get preachers to live in abundance, they're not going to preach abundance to the people. The people can't go any farther than their preacher takes them. Got it? Job eight verse six and seven. Give me Job eight verse six and seven, please. Job eight verse six and seven. This is it says here: If you are pure and upright, they're talking to Job. Surely now he, God, will await for you and prosper. Come on. Verse 7, please. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase how? Abundantly. Abundantly. All right, now let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Let's see how far we can get here tonight. God wants us, his people, to experience and enjoy abundance. I already proved to you, I believe already, John 2, John 21, abundance is God's mindset. It's all God has planned for us. But he wants us to experience it and enjoy it. Right. Now, get on the screen, please. We looked at this here last couple weeks ago, I think it was. Philippians 4.12 and Amplified. Philippians 4.12. Y'all know Apostle Paul? Yes, sir. Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Yes, Apostle Paul wasn't a poor man. He was a rich man. I said Paul was yes. a rich man. Yes, sir. He was so, yeah, I was going to say that. Paul was so rich that when he was put in jail... That Felix tried to kept trying to bribe or get Paul to bribe him. You don't expect a poor man to bribe anybody. Paul in prison for more than two years, waiting to see Caesar in a rented house. He rented his own place as as an inmate. and let him go on house arrest, right, and he rented his own place. So he was not a broke man. Got it? That's important because, you know, people in the modern-day church try to make New Testament believers, you're supposed to be poor. They can accept Abraham being rich and Isaac being rich and Jacob and David and Solomon being rich, but they can't accept New Testament believers being rich. They are like that's something wrong, like Jesus got rid of wealth for the body of Christ. Because they make Jesus broke, they make Paul broke, they make Peter broke, they make everybody in the New Testament broke, but they weren't broke. All right, now watch verse 12, Amplified. This is Paul talking. He says, I know how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances. In other words, I knew how to live when it's tight. And this part I want you to see. Highlight this part of your, oh, well, if you have Amplified. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. Say that. I know also how to enjoy plenty and live. Say it again. I know also how to enjoy plenty and live. Is Paul telling us he knows how to enjoy plenty? He knows how to live in abundance? Paul, a man of God? He says, I know how to do it. Notice he says here, enjoy plenty. Everybody say enjoy. enjoy. He's the same person who wrote in 1 Timothy 6, 17. He says that God originally gives us, all come on, enjoy. Enjoy. all things to enjoy. Y'all know that one? Y'all, some of y'all didn't know it. You better put that one on your, on your forehead somewhere. Get you a, get you a, a sticky note. Put in your window, put on your bathroom mirror, put it on, your, on, your, on the lid of your toilet somewhere. You need to learn these scriptures here. See, you, you, you're not going to get this by just being around it. It's got to be in you so you can speak it, so you can call it. You got it? So God, 1 Timothy 6.17, richly gives us all things to, to what? Enjoy. All things to what? Enjoy. Now, notice he didn't say give us all things to share. He didn't say give us all things to give away. Should we share? Should we give things away? Yes, but the primary reason identified here that he gives us all things is just straight up to enjoy. And that's so difficult for the body of Christ to understand that God wants you to enjoy things. I remember I was telling them in prayer this morning, I remember hearing Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland, uh, tell a story about how one day he had come home from a ministry meeting, and uh, he had been preaching out somewhere, and got home, and uh, in his driveway there was a, a brand new uh, yellow, um, it was Mercedes, it was, yeah, I said, Camaro. it was Mercedes. Brand new yellow Mercedes, Benz, in his driveway. So he went to the ministry office and said, hey, um, somebody left their car, you know, in my house, was, did I, was there a guest here while well, I was not here whatever? And they said, no, sir. They said, that's your car. He said, no, that's not, not my car. Somebody left their car. And they said, no, sir, that's your car. Someone brought it and dropped it off for you. They wanted you to have it. Yeah. Happens to me all the time. Come on, happens to me all the time. And so he, he, says, he says, he said, Lord, I don't ask you for no yellow Mercedes. I don't ask you for no new car. He said, the Lord told him, I know you asked me for it. I wanted you to have it. Yeah. <phone> to enjoy. He didn't give it to him to go give it away, to go sell it and, you know, take care of an orphanage. No, he can do that. God will do that. But he said, no, I just want you to have it. Just enjoy it. He said, so I just started driving and enjoying it. Come on, can y'all grab a hold of that? Can y'all grab a hold of that? That God wants to give you things to enjoy? He said here, I have, I know also, Philippians 4.12, amplified, how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. Now, before that, uh, go back, please, go back, please. Philippians 4.12, amplified. I want them to see this here. He says, I know how to live in straightened circumstances. In other words, I know how to how to do it when it's tight. Most of the church has mastered tight, right? Exactly. Hundred ways to do ground meat. Hundred ways to stretch one chicken. Some of y'all know about chicken perlo, rice perlo. Y'all ain't saying to me. Y'all ain't nothing. You ate, you ate the chicken wing, the chicken thigh, the chicken breast, the chicken leg, the chicken neck, the chicken back, the chicken butt, the chicken liver, the chicken gizzards. Come on now, y'all ain't, y'all acting like y'all grew up on a silver spoon. I'm just going to tell the truth. I grew up in a family of seven, five kids and my parents. Seven people in our house, we ate everything from the rooter to the toot of the chicken. Some good gizzards, some good livers, chicken livers. Come on, man. Oh, y'all never had the livers? Oh, anybody ever had chicken livers? Come on. Hey, you stew them in some gravy? What you say? You had to. One but two wings on no chicken. One but two legs on that clucker. You had to get them gizzards and them livers and the chicken back. I remember eating down the spine of that thing. Some good meat in there. You get between them little little, little meat in there. Yes, it is. It's good. When you hungry, the Bible says to a hungry man, every every bitter thing is sweet. See, you ain't ever been hungry. Y'all always had pheasant. Y'all always had all that kind of extravagant food. So the church knows how to do that. Big old pot of uh, beans, big old pot of, pot of uh, broth, and you last, oh, we on a fast. This is a whole week. But the church doesn't know much about Enjoying plenty and living in abundance. From this day forward, Woo. may God train you on how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. Hallelujah. You've graduated from straightened circumstances.
1: <laughs>
0: it's time now to enjoy plenty yes, and live in abundance glory to God glory to God. some of y'all don't know I'm thinking about eating that you know when you go through a loaf of bread and you skip past that first slice you can slip past no first slice in my house seven folk in one house somebody eating that that butt somebody eating the butt off that bread Lord Or else you ain't going to eat. See, none of y'all ever brewed. Y'all was all rich. But my house, somebody ate that end and the other end. And you, hey, and I'm going to be honest with you, and you was hopeful in the summertime when we were out of school that you had some meat to put between that mess. If you didn't, it was just them two ends and some mayonnaise. Some mayonnaise, that's all it was. You did that? With, see, I, we did that. A wish sandwich. Wish, yeah, I wish I had some meat. I remember growing up having having a deep freezer. We had a deep freezer in the garage, and and my, my dad and muscle went and bought some kind of meat plan. And with the meat plan, we had all kind of uh, lunch meat, all oh, liverwurst. I never knew I liked liverwurst, but when you're hungry, you had to get out that freezer and thaw it out for two days. I'm just telling you, cheese. You was rich, cheese. Shoo. Oh, okay. I, I, I got you. Okay. Maybe that. I'm just telling you, we learn how to live humbly in the straightened circumstances. But he said, I know also, I know also, I know also how to enjoy plenty. Let me, let, me, let me breeze to these here. I'm going to give you five, five secrets real quick. No, 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 no. Write them down if you can. If you don't write them down, watch it later and write them down. The secret to enjoying plenty and living in abundance. I'm not telling you how to get abundance, I'm telling you how to enjoy it and live in it. Because right. getting abundance is easy, oh it's cashing that on the right side of the boat. It's whatever he says to you, do it. Right. Yes, That's how you get the abundance. Here's a secret though how to enjoy it and live in it. Number one, take no thought for anything. Number one, take no thought for anything. Matthew six thirty three tells us seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. Verse twenty five, verse thirty one, take no thought for your life, what you eat, drink, what you put on. Your father already knows you have need of all these things. So take no thought about it. Don't, don't put your mind, don't be thinking all day about abundance. How am I going to get abundance? How am I going to get abundance? How am I going to get abundance? You ain't got to think about that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that all these things that you're going to enjoy shall be added to you. Number two, number two, this is very critical here. You got this one? Because if you do, if you do number one, you gotta, you're going gonna to run into number two. If you do number one, you're going to run into number two. Never love things. Never love love things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's important. Yes. Because if you do number one, things are going to come. Right. Right. come, come right. But never love things. Put Ecclesiastes 5.10 on the screen real quick. Oh, man. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance will increase. This also is vanity. Ooh. So you can't love the stuff. First John 2, I think it's verse 15, uh, says, Don't love the world, neither are the things that are in the world. For the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those are the things of the world, and they are passing away. Verse, verse 16 goes on to say this, uh, if you can get it. I didn't, I didn't tell you verse 16, but verse 16 says, but All these things, they're passing away. Yes. Glory to God. Other than the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not a father, but of the world, and the world is passed away the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, I know I sped through that, but you write it down. I want you to get this. I'm trying to get, you, get this to you in time here. Don't ever love things. Because they're going to come. He gives you richly all things to love. Huh? To enjoy. So never get to a place you love the things. Because if you start loving the things, the things will not take you captive. There was a man in Mark 10, a rich and rude who came to Jesus Christ. Want to know what must I do to get the God kind of life? Jesus said, hey, go sell your, finally told him, sell your things and give to the poor. He couldn't leave, leave, he couldn't leave that because he loved his things. Got it? Yes, sir. So what was number one? Number two. Number three. How you going to enjoy living in abundance is don't apologize for having abundance. That's important. It's right in the middle. Don't Apologize for having abundance. Don't ever let anybody shame you for having abundance. Don't ever let anybody make you feel bad because you have a nice car, or you wear nice clothes, or you live in a nice place, or you went out to eat, and it's starving children in Africa. People will try to make you feel shamed. Odell Beckham on Monday night wore a $2.2 million watch, plastic watch, to the game. No, no, that, that, they say he took it off before the game. But he still did all the pregame stuff in a $2 million watch. He, he played in one that was almost $200,000 the week. Don't ever let anybody make you feel bad. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. If God gave it to you to enjoy, enjoy it and don't feel bad about it. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about it. I'm gonna enjoy this steak. I got enough for steak and to feed the orphanage. My wife, my wife had challenged me a few months ago to, to spend some money, and I, I just I wasn't gonna do it. As a matter of fact, we we fell out about it. I did, we, were, I, we, we, were, we were on our we were on our anniversary trip, and we went almost a whole half a half day not talking. Because, because she she challenged me about money, and I I my soul couldn't handle it. See, we got to continuously work on this. It it wasn't her fault. She was doing what she should have done. It's just my soul couldn't handle spending money. I'm I'm so used to giving. I'm so used to blessing. That's just, I've been wired that way by by this word and and the Holy Ghost. But he's also wiring me to enjoy. And I, I wasn't letting myself do that. So <laughs> well, I'm gonna end that story then. <laughs> so so the, the same week that that uh I got this gumption here, I'm going I'm gonna spend some money on me. It wasn't, I couldn't spend it on the family, couldn't spend on anything, I had to spend it on me. And I spent some money. You know, it was, it was extravagant. It was extravagant, what I spent, I was like, I ain't gotta have it. In fact, I, I, I bought a belt, right? And I spent more for that belt than I spent for any suit I have. I, I, I just, I'm just like, okay, I'm going off the, di- off the high dive with this here because it's a challenge and I know my soul has to break past that but the same week we fully funded an orphanage in Africa we, I'm talking about we personally not the church we did my point is you don't have to choose between enjoying yourself and bringing a blessing to people if you have to that's lack Are oh, you follow what I'm saying? God, God will enable you to do both, right. to do all of it. Right. If your mind, your mindset first is, I'm going to do the kingdom. Right. That's right, sir. I'm going to do his will. Right. Right. Then he'll let you enjoy all the things you can enjoy on this planet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise, the, Praise Lord. the Lord. Some of y'all got nervous about that. Don't be mad at that. <laughs> Let me say it like Dad said. Don't get mad at that. Follow that. So don't apologize for having abundance. Number four, number four. This is critical. It's nine one one right now, but y'all just hung on a couple minutes. Don't hoard any of the abundance. Don't hoard any of the abundance. Now, that goes with number two, never love things. Right. See, if you love things, you'll hoard things. That means you'll hold things when God sometimes wants you to, you enjoy it for a little bit, but let it go. You enjoy it, enjoy it, wear it, drive it, live in it, use it, whatever. Take good care of it. I said take good care of it. But I need you to pass it on. Because I need, I need to, to uh, uh, enlarge somebody else's soul. So never, uh, don't hoard any of the abundance. Remember in Luke, uh, Luke 12, Jesus gave the parable of this man who had uh, all, built these barns. The barns were full of all these things that the ground had provided. And he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my old barns and build some new barns. And I'm going to sit back and relax and say, just, I'm just going to be married because I got all this stuff stored up for many years to come. And Jesus, the, the story says, you fool, this night your soul is required of you. And then, whose will these things be? He goes from there, and verse 15, he teaches on, he says, uh, beware of covetousness. Luke twelve fifteen, Right? So you can never hoard things. If you, when you hoard things, you no longer are enjoying them. Rather than you possessing them, they start possessing you. You're not enjoying plenty. You're not living in abundance. You're actually living in a lack mindset. Even though you have abundance, you're living in a lack mindset. People who have abundance and live in abundance and enjoy abundance never have to have the things to validate who they are. I don't have to have the rings and the necklaces and the, the stuff to validate who I am. I know who I am without this stuff. So I enjoy the praise, God. I'm going to bless somebody else with this. Somebody else I have this. Y'all, y'all quiet right there. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. I'm just trying to get this stuff. I'm telling you, to even to get it, you got to already have this mindset locked in. That when riches increase, I will not set my heart on them. Glory to God. Number five, last one. Praise God for the abundance of everything. You must praise God for the abundance of everything. It means as God continues to bless you and increase you, your praise should increase, keep pace with your increase. <laughs> your praise ought to keep pace. Matter of fact, if you really want to do it right, your praise ought to outpace your increase. Your increase should be catching up with your praise. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. Watch this. Put this on the screen. Here's part of the curse, reason for the curse. He says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. That's a reason for the curse. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. So he says, I'll give you an abundance of everything, but you make sure you serve me with joy and gladness. Make sure you keep praise and you keep serving me. You don't start skipping church. Because you got an abundance of everything. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 9.15, how much time do I have? Can I have 10 more minutes? Okay. Go to Isaiah 55 real quick. I'm going to show you something. Isaiah 55. Yes, sir. Let's hurry up. Hurry up. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. Yes, We're just going to read it, what it says here. Yes. Read it. Ho, everyone who thirsts. Yes. Look, check this out, everyone who thirsts. Yes. Come to the waters, yes. and, and you who have no money, in other words, if you're poor, I'm inviting you to come by and eat. Yes. Yes, come by wine, that's extravagance, extravagance. and milk. Milk is, is need. In other words, milk is nourishment. Wine is enjoyment. Are you seeing this? He, you, you get your needs and your desires without money and without price. How are you going to get it without money and without price? Faith. Now watch verse 2. Why do you spend your money Spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy. Now watch this. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let. 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 He didn't just say and delight your soul in abundance. He said let your soul so there's a, something, something involving your own soul, mind, will, and emotions allowing, and see, that? that's what my wife was challenging me in. I wasn't letting myself delight in abundance. I was choking it. I was, I was going to rub the ink right off the, right off the, not, not when it came to giving. I know no challenge about giving. I'll give all day long. But just being in, in able to enjoy the abundance. Just eat and don't look at the price. And I, I, I still have to remind myself all the time we go to eat somewhere is to not go for the cheapest thing on the menu. All right, all right, get what you want. Me come over here. I still have to remind myself because I'm not broke anymore. I'm a long ways from broke. I'm a long ways out of life. And I have to remind myself, you can, you can order that. Because my kids don't have no problem with it. My kids ain't never had a problem with it. crab cake sandwiches and steak Oscar style, what? What? I mean, you go to the Chinese restaurant, or order from Chinese, and they get the shrimp fried rice. Wait, that don't come with that, it's extra for the shrimp fried rice. Am I right about this? It? It's extra for the shrimp fried rice. telling you this is this is a yo your, your pastor is confessing right here before you I have I've had to learn and I'm still the Lord is still working with me on that in letting my soul delight itself in abundance let my soul just say just enjoy just 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 enjoy just go order, order it buy the shoes Now, y'all may not be um, understand what I'm talking about, but, but even at the level you're at. So it says, let your soul. So tell your neighbor, you got to let your soul. Tell them you have to let yourself enjoy abundance. In other words, uh, uh, stop fighting it and don't be ashamed of it. Let your soul enjoy abundance. Let your soul enjoy abundance. Now, understand, now don't get me wrong, if you're still working to get out of debt and things you're working on, then I understand. But as, do that first. But when, as, you, as you move, enjoy it, D. Glory to God. When you go and look on the menu and they got fish and it says market price, don't even ask what it costs. It's my Okay, I want it. I'm preaching to myself. Market. <laughs> Cause they don't have no price. They just say market price. My God. Praise the Lord. All right, now listen to this. I'm almost done here, and I'll, I'll get in the rest of this on Sunday. So it says, let your soul delight itself in abundance. That word delight, I want you to see this. I want you to see this and we'll, and we'll close. That word delight is a Strong's 6026, anag, which means to be happy about. So let your soul be happy about abundance. But I don't have abundance. It's coming. It means to take exquisite delight. To take exquisite delight. Glory to God. Exquisite delight. Y'all know what exquisite is. huh? It says to make merry over. Huh? What does it mean to make merry over? Celebrate it. I got some money. Praise God. I got abundance. Oh, man, the refrigerator full. Praise the Lord. Who I got every every bathroom is full of tissue. Praise the Lord. I'm serious about that. I'm tell ain't joking about that. Don't go in there. There's one roll, one roll left in there. Oh uh-uh, no, there'd be emergencies and <laughs> stuff. Uh, come back. All right be happy about. Take the exquisite light to make merry over. Now watch this last one. This is what I want you to see. This is, this is, what, this is what's going to rub all your friends wrong. Make sport of. Make sport of? This is what that word means. Now, I didn't pull this from Miriam Webster. I, this just came from the Strongest from the and Quarters. It means make sport of. So let me show you what sport means. Sport is a transitive verb, which means to display or wear. It means to boast. Now, I knew, I knew y'all probably was going to struggle with that there. This, this, this is telling us, because see, remember, this is God inviting you to enjoy the abundance he provides. Not you sporting what you did for yourself. This is you sporting what he did for you. Because when you sport what he did for you, then folks say, ha! You say, Jesus. The Lord has done this for me. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. So it says to display or wear. To boast. So That means God's going to give you some stuff. He don't want you hiding it. Y'all didn't hear what I said. He don't want you hiding it. If you're going to hide it, he ain't going to give it to you. Did you hear what I said? If you're going to hide it, he's not going to give it to you. When I bless you with it, I want you to display it and wear it. And when they ask, how? Jesus. Because the world will show display their stuff. Yo, MTV Cribs. How you got that? I shook my booty on stage. Took all my clothes off in three movies. Played the Ronky Donkey and cussed everybody out in five five films. You don't want to like that. Or oh, I slung two kilos of dope every week. They gonna show it, man. These boys, these boys will go rent a car, go rent a car, go to the rent and roll place, put rims on the rental car and tent on the rental car for a rental. And when they done, take it back to the rental car place. To the rental roll, take the rims back off. Go to the tent place, take the tent back off, and turn it back in. Just to go to Daytona. Come on, some of y'all. Some of y'all used to go to Black Beach Week. Don't y'all try to y'all. Some of y'all lying. Some of y'all used to go to Freak Nick. What's that thing down in Miami? Y'all, the thing. It was something down in Miami. Boom Goombay? What's Goombay? That down in Miami? You from Miami? Them boys those boys that do that for a weekend festival. They'll go to the mall and get a big old chain that'll choke a horse and put on a And their God, lowercase g-o-d, is going to get all the glory. And our little boys and our little girls drooling over what the drug boy is doing and what the, what the play boy is doing and what the play girl is doing and movie stars and all the singing stars and the rap stars doing because they're displaying it and wearing it and they're boasting about it. They make songs about it. They came through with all their Balenciaga. Everybody got their stuff. They sing about that. Now, all our kids want to have Balenciaga because they're wearing it. And the only way they can see to get it is if they get vile like them. But God wants you and me to be able to display and wear what He gives us so when people see us, how you got that? I serve the Lord. it's much easier to serve God and to shake your rump. Yeah, all that, all that body changes after, after a certain age. You know, you can't, you can't shake your rump the whole of your life. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm going to So, Tell you can't shake it your whole life. You can't shake it your whole life. But you can work this word. You can work this word. Come on everybody ain't born with a Ferrari body. Some 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 folks have BMW bodies. See, by faith, following the word of God. You can have Balenciaga and anything you want to. God will give it to you. But you got to not love it. Because he may ask you, okay, I need you to pass it on to somebody. And you can't be holding on to your Oscar de la Renta. I can't get this away, Lord. This is okay. Tell you what, you don't give it away. That's the last one. It'll be the last one. Some of y'all sitting on stuff right now, holding stuff, and you, cause you can't figure out how you ever gonna get it. Somebody gave me that. I'm never gonna get it. That's the last one. Am I right about it? It's the last one. Might as well just enjoy that. That's the last one. You can never love things. Never love things. Never hoard things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You do that. God will make you a prosperity magnet. Always be ready to meet other people's needs, God'll make sure he'll meet your extravagance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This set in your heart. I'm telling you, my wife and I, I know she said it Sunday, y'all get tired of the testimony. But we talk about it all the time how we came out of debt and how God brought us into abundance. And we the, the sequence is debt-free. Living in abundance, paymasters of the gospel. But what we learned early on was if we became paymasters first at our level, fund the gospel, be a blessing to people, then he'll, he'll bring us, he brought us out of debt. Brought us into abundance. Thank you, Lord. You hear us talking about we're rich, and y'all like, like, well, how much money y'all got? Let me, let me define rich for you. Give me 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, amplified, so I'm, I can settle your mind at ease, so you, you ain't talking about me. Uh, no, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, amplified. 8, verse 9. All right. You becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious. Generosity is undeserved, favor, spiritual blessing In that though he was so very rich Yet for your sakes he became so very poor In order that by his poverty you might become enriched Or rich, we know that word is rich Here's what it means, abundantly supplied So don't be sitting there trying to calculate How much money I have We are trying to rack your brain by how much money Pastor John and Pastor Kim got Just know We are abundantly supplied Got it? So when you hear me saying that, I'm rich. We were saying that way before we were abundantly supplied. We were abundantly in debt, broke. Broke. But we were saying that, and so now God has brought to pass that. So, but one day we'll be wealthy. There's a difference in wealthy and rich, we're already rich. But one day we're gonna be wealthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You gonna ride that jet? I just got a jet today. I got, a, got me a little uh, model jet today on my, on my desk. It's my little point of contact. I don't have one. I have one. I go to Africa, go to Haiti. My wife found out she's from Africa this week. Region of Cameroon. She for her brother's birthday, baby brother. She did uh, ancestry.com trace his roots. Of course, trace his. You know where she, where, where she's from, and she thought she had, she was Mexican. I did. <laughs> I was. I was. I kept trying to tell her. Now we have scientific proof that there's no Mexican in you whatsoever. No Dominican, no Puerto Rican, no Colombian, no Venezuelan. Scottish and Irish. Scottish and Irish, one percent. But for the most part, the central part of Africa. Central part of Africa. 50% African roots. What was I talking about? Why do I bring it up? We are oh mm. Bundle we are supplied. We are banana supplied. Oh, your plane. My plane yes, we can go to Africa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. And so, uh, if you allow me, and if you allow the Lord to work with you, I'm taking you with me. understand that? I don't want to go somewhere and leave y'all behind. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you tonight for being a God of abundance and a God of extravagance. Thank you that God, you're not the God of little, the God of less than enough or just enough. You're the God of more than enough. Thank you, Father, that in this place, your people, we are, we're accepting of abundance and we're no longer accepting of lack. We've made tonight enemy number one. Lack in any area of our lives. Thank you, Father. That lack is, is um, not in our lives anymore. Not in any marriage. Not in anybody's physical body. Not in anybody's ministry. Not in anybody's walk with you. In any area. We don't lack anything. Thank you that we are saved and Anointed. Healed, healthy, and whole. Living in peace in our homes and our marriages and our families. Our businesses are blessed. Careers are blessed. We don't lack anything, oh God. Our finances are overflowing, oh God. Thank you, Father, that Lord tonight you are revealing yourself to your people the same way you revealed yourself to the disciples in John 21 that you're a God of extravagance. Thank you, Father do it in the lives of your people teach us how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance that God we become used to it (laughs) used to abundance only accepting of abundance so much so Father that we begin to teach others how to live in abundance and those who need our help in the meantime we can be a help to them we can be a help and assistance to those who need it but at the same time We can enjoy everything you give to us, everything you do for us. Thank you, Father, that that's the way we are to live. We certainly love you tonight. We appreciate you. And thank you, Father, that your hand of goodness and favors upon us. Continue to keep us in all we do. And we're going to continue to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a a great praise tonight. Hallelujah.